Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, welcome to the show, Gearheads. We watched an incredible Formula One Italian Grand Prix, and it had a bit of everything. Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton crashing out. McLaren 1-2 winning the race. And Daniel Ricciardo, unbelievable that he won this race. And Lando Norris in second. Really amazing, incredible race today. We were it jumping. Was so good. I don't need my second cup of coffee. <laughs> Uh, we were literally jumping all over the studio. What was that, Bob? <laughs> I do need my second cup of coffee. <laughs> Actually, my third. But <laughs> uh, but it was fantastic, and I think it had a little bit of everything. We had that. We haven't even talked about the five second penalty with uh, Sergio Perez that uh, that put um, Botas on the pole. Botas did have a great run back through. Starting from the back, really pretty amazing. I mean, Les, you think you might have had, should have gotten driver of the day. You were not going to take driver of the day away from Daniel Ricciardo. There is no way the crowd, the world was ready for that one. So, yeah. And I was, uh, and you know, it, it was getting up to a point. I was getting concerned that they might throw Lando the, uh, the scenario 2 1 thing. And so, uh, you know, that well, uh, that would have been an eruption as well. That was a good point because on lap 41, Norris came on and he said, is this best for us? In other words, letting Daniel stay ahead because I might be faster. But as we heard, it, it didn't matter, and he loved the result. He was just as happy for Daniel Ricciardo as us and the rest of the world. So that worked out good. But I also I want to talk about – a little speaking of radio transmissions, I want to talk about a radio transmission because one of our listeners tweeted at us, William Ricker. He tweeted at us. He's there's a uh, a radio transmission from Verstappen right after the crash, and Re- Verstappen came on the radio and said, "That's what happens when you don't give space." And uh, you know, I can't hear the rest of this radio transmission because we're here we are right after the race, and I don't we don't have the clips, but. But it was uh, he was alluding to William was alluding to is this a threat an admission of malicious intent on Max's part, Bob? What do you think about that? Now I totally disagree. Uh, first, I can't believe Max would do it. Secondly, uh, I can't believe he'd admit to it. Um, how many times today did we hear one driver or another say he left me no room? I mean, obviously the most dramatic exit was Verstappen and Hamilton, but Sergio Perez uh, was involved in one of those situations. Uh, three or four times that I can think of, drivers complained they weren't getting enough room uh, in the corners. And, you know, I, I'd be very surprised if the Hamilton Verstappen incident is anything other than a racing incident, but um, it, it's hard to say. I mean, it's another one of those factors at Monza. You arrive at these tight corners at very high speeds. Uh, passing is so important and so difficult that you don't want to pass up an opportunity. Uh, so, you know, in you go. And, uh, and you just hope you come out of it without incident. Uh, well, we have a fantastic producer because he's grabbed this clip. Let's let's hear this clip of uh, Max Verstappen. That's what you get when you don't leave the space. Huh. I, I, I receive that as he's pointing at Lewis. Well, yeah, you could take it either way. Sure. You could take it either way, but, huh. Well, uh, anyway, it was... I think as well, you know, the uh, the drivers are trained to, um, you know, to blame the other driver yeah. um, just to gain the advantage before before you get out the car. And I guess, you know, that you've got, you've got to remember they're all human as well. So um, he's said the first thing that's come into his head, and I'd interpret it as, um, you know, 
he didn't leave him any room. Um, it's quite simply, just you know, that's what happens when you don't have the room. Um, I don't think there's anything in it, and I think they're both professional enough that they wouldn't do, you know, something like that. Max is still, I think, leading the yeah. championship by a couple of points. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything in it, but it's the first thing that comes out of his mouth. Right. Is, yeah, because I mean, uh, if Max, I mean, Max's only option is either to stop the brakes or head for the gravel trap. Hmm. Not going to do that. Well, that's the key thing, isn't it? I mean, we know neither of these guys is going to lift off since the Silverstone incident, which was the first time they came together because neither guy would lift. I mean, they're in a battle for the championship. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. Everybody's trying to stake out their turf. Um, and keep in mind also that Max Verstappen has the championship points lead if they're both out of the race. So that may have... Um, that may have had some role in inspiring his comment about, well, see what happens when, <laughs> when neither one of us backs out in a tight corner, you got to leave room. And that happened after the other sprint race, the first sprint race of the season at Silverstones. And, and guys, I, from a show standpoint, Formula One is sitting here going, this sprint race weekend stuff works <laughs> right now because all the scenarios that came into play to give us this race uh, it was just unbelievable. And again, this season has just been such a such a fantastic season. Absolutely. Let's let's sprint in Austin. Come on now. Yeah. Uh yeah. This is uh, I so far I'm loving it. Um there was a couple of things I had in my notes here. Um oh, what about the nice little interaction between Botas and Perez? The back and forth with that. That was great, wasn't it? I love the over and under stuff. Uh they read it right and played each other very well in that great racing, really close racing. Hey, Dave O'Neill, let's let's talk about the Haas team real quick. We touched on them a little bit earlier, but Mazepin out of the race. I I said to Les during the race, I don't, I haven't looked up the stats, but it doesn't come to mind that, that we've had a lot of mechanical failures by the Haas team this year, and uh, hasn't the car been fairly reliable, although not fast? Yeah, I think so. Um, I watched it a couple of times and it looks like, um, you know, almost like a master switch is switched, mm. switched off. You know, it's um, didn't see any smoke. There wasn't anything hanging off the car. And I think um, something switched off and um, pro probably something quite simple, to be honest. Need more of those uh, jet fighter flipper covers like Lewis asked for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he accidentally turned it off. What were you going to say, Bob? <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, you know, given the confines of the current Formula One cockpits, it must be so easy for these drivers to hit the wrong switch. We've all seen the, the steering wheels with all of the controls mm -hmm. and the thumb dials and the you know, buttons and whatnot. Um, you, you've really got to be on pins and needles as a driver just so you don't touch anything that could be important um, at a critical moment. Hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at a photo that I just saw on Twitter. Um it's Max Verstappen explaining what's going on, his version of it. So this is obviously going to be under investigation. I just envision, like, do these guys get called into the principal's office to give to the, give their side of it? How does that work, Dave? What exactly is involved in an investigation like this? Yeah, it's pretty much like going to the headmaster at school. <laughs> um, you, um, you'll, you'll get called up, um, some done via uh, email. Um, and then you'll go into the stewards. Uh, so you'll go, you know, the team manager and the driver go up, you normally get your story straight on the way, way up. Also, um, you can take a thumb drive up there with data um, and, um, you know, produce some form of case if you, if you think you're going to be hard, you know, badly done by. But you go up there, you go in, you explain what happened. They show you the video. They've got literally every camera angle you can think or imagine. Um, and um, one one of the guys will will show who's who's nothing to do with the stewards. Um, they'll show it. Um, they'll ask you to explain it. Um, and then normally, you know, if you've got some, one of the top end stewards in there, he'll he'll say, well, you know, especially to the younger drivers, do you know, do you think that was a bit ambitious or whatever? But in this case, I guess for these drivers. Um, you know, there's, there's there's not much to answer for. It's pretty obvious when you when you watch what happened. You know, there's no no not much of a lead up to the incident. Um, and then the other driver will go in, um, and then um, the, they'll uh, in some cases they'll they'll produce the answer um, in 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 an hour. Um, and if it's 
clear cut. They'll call you both in and explain um, why why the penalties have been served and and what's gone on. So it it, it happens pretty quickly. But again, you know, it, in F one, there's so much to be had and gained that they have to look into these incidents properly and and professionally, I guess, to um, to come out with the desired outcome. There's also um, you know, the, in the in the rule book, there's a uh, a suite of um, penalties you can get. Um, so whether it's a time penalty or a fine, uh, points on the license, it'd be quite interesting to see out of the two of them how many points they have. Um, they have 12, 12 points within the, the race season. Um, they have to serve a serve a ban. So um, I don't think any of those are close to it. I'll have a look in a sec. But that's typically what happens when you get called up to the to the stewards, um, and um, the race director normally goes in and sort of has a chat, sees where it's going to go. Um, but those are the only people involved. Hmm. So. Uh, all right, I got. Recall that when. <laughs> go ahead, Bob. Well, recall that um, when we had Tim Mayer on the show, a regular Formula One steward, sometimes chairman of the board of stewards, and he talked about the incredible array of investigative devices, if you will, the sources of information that they have in the stewards room, including just about everything the teams have. So if you're thinking you're going to try to pull a fast one with the stewards, you've got to be very, very careful because they have so much information, so many television angles, all of the onboards, all of the traces, all of that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's got to be an interesting process, as Dave describes, everybody from the uh, affected team sitting down and questions being asked and answered in a very, very discreet and diplomatic way, shall yeah. we say. Yeah. Well, John and I were laughing here. Okay, so you autocross guys are going to totally get it. But, uh, you know, when you hit a cone in an autocross, you automatically get penalized three seconds. Well, we felt like Mazepin was kind of throwing a little <laughs> fit when he went through the runoff chicane area and, you know, dodging, I think it's the crypto advertising styrofoam blocks. And he totally just nails one of them on the way through looked there. Looked like on purpose. Yeah, it looked like he was just throwing a fit. Dave, is have you ever heard that they respond to anything like that? I mean, it, it seems childish to me. I think it was, you know, we both felt like it was on purpose. Yeah, it looked like it. But also, if you look at the the block, it had, um, it had a, a bite out of it from someone previously. But mm. he probably did 10 grand's worth of damage, nicking, you know, <laughs> knocking all the flick-ups off on the, on the outer... Um, wing end plate but yeah I, I guess it's hard to hard to judge I don't I don't know him but it, you know I'm sure his bottom lip was out for sure he probably had 10 grand in his pocket so was yeah yeah, yeah or dad's <laughs> hey uh Bob I want to go back to what you said about the data and about all the information the stewards have because imagine what they have everything from the angles of the cars to where their positions of their you know, the accelerator position, brake position, steering angles, all those things, you can really build an, a scenario where you know exactly what happened. We're sitting here wondering, did Max do anything on purpose? Well, they're going to know if he tilt, tilted the wheel to the right a little or something. They're going to know all that information. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, 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 they have all that data that we don't – we can see it in a flash or in a slow-mo, but they have all that plus more. Well, Lance and that Stroll. may be very well what they're doing right now is overlaying traces and asking Max to explain and Lewis to explain, you know, what was your thinking here? Here's where you were steering. Here's where you were braking and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of really interesting behind the scenes uh, can, scenarios as far can, as uh, these kinds of accidents and, and taking them apart. And keep in mind, there's they're human beings, not only the drivers, but also the stewards. Formula One knows it has a completely compelling championship going on right now so the last thing the stewards want to do is get in the way of that championship you know it's got to be decided on the racetrack not in the stewards room and i think they're probably very much aware of that as well yeah in similar fashion you know we saw a, a tag go by that stroll was being investigated for not slowing down the yellow flags the same data is going to be there to see okay did he downshift it is did the car slow down did all you know all these things mm -hmm. Uh, during that yellow flag portion that he passed through. And so uh, it'll go both ways. It's not strictly for uh, such as accidents or contact. Mm -hmm. sure. Hey, guys, I was what, checking Twitter to see. And, of course, there's the picture of Daniel Ricciardo doing a shoey, which we were all <laughs> expecting for about the last 20 laps. Oh, yeah. 
but they also got Lando. He also got Lando Norris to do a shoey, and, <laughs> hey. and there's a which is hilarious. But there's a great shot. It looks like Lando's about to to regurgitate his shoey. <laughs> Maybe we should explain to our listeners uh, what a shoey is, in case yeah. they don't know. Yeah, and a shoey is when Daniel Ricard. He started this years ago. But he fills his shoe, his racing shoe, his sweaty, gross, nasty racing shoe with champagne up on the podium and drinks from it. And he's gotten um, everybody to do this. But Lando did not look like he enjoyed this. And that actually started out decades ago in Australia. There was a racer who started it. And, uh, you know, Dan Ricardo has picked up the tradition. All right, gentlemen, well, let's get a quick break in. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion about the Italian Grand Prix. Lots more Formula One to come, and we'll uh, also talk about the next race up ahead. You're listening to Speed City Live from Austin, Texas, back after a quick break. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. Dave Haas, former Haas F1, Dave O'Neill, former Haas F1 team manager. That was your old boss bringing us back. And I'm watching Bob Varsha. He's up at Watkins Glen, and he's at this wonderful hotel, sitting outside, having a cup of coffee, joining us for the show. It just, it's just the perfect air of distinction that Bob Varsha brings to the show. He's brung to that <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, it was a, a, a terrific weekend. I'm up here actually to MC a ceremony in which the International Motor Racing Research Center, a tremendous, um, uh, what should I say, uh, uh, information source for racing of all kinds. Well, they have an annual award called the Cameron Argetsinger Award. Argetsinger was the guy who created the first post-war actual road race here on the streets of this really quaint upstate New York village. And, uh, and when they had to abandon that because of a, of a tragic uh, incident in one of their road races, he came up with the idea to build what is now Watkins Glen International Raceway. It brought Formula One here for what was one of the most anticipated and lucrative races of the year. If you've ever seen Michael Kaiser's movie, The Speed Merchants, mm-hmm. you know, Watkins Glen, and you hear drivers talking about it, including Brian Redman, who's here this weekend. But I was there to, uh, to help present this year's award to uh, one of my favorite people in the sport, Lynn St. James, for her oh, career yeah. contributions to motorsports. So that was good fun. That's great. Very yeah. good fun. And, of course, our, our man Jonathan Green is up there, but he's busy on the microphones, so he is not joining us. But, right. But he's uh, – Whoa, no! Oh, mayhem! <laughs> I'm sure he's causing it some, always is. <laughs> some mayhem up there. That's his uncle, Brian Redman, by the way, up there. So – We've had we had Brian on the show one time, and uh, mm-hmm. a shirtless Brian Redman on the show one time. But that's a whole other story. Ah! <laughs> oh God, that's an image I can't get out of my head. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I want to bring Dave O'Neill back into the conversation. Um, Dave, what did you think of Botas's drive coming from the back? I mean, that really was pretty impressive as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think he did uh, did a great job today. Um, I was kind of, a li- I mean, he had a little bit of help as well, you know, with people going in and out of the race. But um, the the bit I um, I thought he would make stick was when he went around um, uh, the inside. I think it was of Perez. Um, I thought he was gone at that point, but that was the only real move that point he made to get third. Maybe he knew he was gonna have third and didn't want to damage the car. Um, I don't know what the, what the plan there was, but yeah, he, um, that's, the reason they picked him in the first place is because he is a quick driver. You know, you have to rewind back to the Williams days. He was always very fast at Williams and produced some great results there as well. Um, and yeah, you've got to say being with, being a teammate with a great like Lewis, um, it does all sorts of things to you, I think. And, um, you know, once they know Lewis is in front, um, you know, Bottas just isn't going to get the uh, the moves and the advantages he would if it was even Stevens. And um, this is this is how we're going to see. You know, George is strong. He's he's uh, he's very very fast. He's as fast as Lewis, I think. Um, it's just how well he can, uh, how well and how strong he is when he goes into to the team. Mm, right. but, yeah. Hey, Dave. Uh, let me. Can I ask a question, Dave? We know Boto's got a fresh engine this weekend. How much do you suppose that contributed, hmm. especially around a place like Monza, to his ability to to make up so much ground? Yeah, so good good question. And I think the um, the bit of a, I guess, a long winded answer would be quick answer would be yes. That what they would would do is when you map the the season out, you um, you have your your power units and you you know when they come off the dyno you get the figures and you put them in for the the races that that, that count. So um, you know if the other one was tired um, for sure he he would have been losing horsepower. You know seventy five percent of the time you're you're flat out uh, around Monza. So I would have thought it'd give him a you know a mile an hour or two, which is huge um, down the down the mm-hmm. straights there. Yeah, I always wonder about that. I wonder how much horsepower you're losing. Obviously, it's different case to case, but um, we did a we did a test with Jordan um, back in the '90s, and um, we taped up all the bodywork. Um, it was at Monza. I used to spend an awful lot of time uh, testing brakes and uh, the cooling cooling side there. But yeah, taped all the bodywork up, and um, we gained three and a half mile an hour down the straight. You know, wow. even Stephen same. Same fuel load, same tires. Um, so, yeah, that's a big difference. Big difference, yeah. Need a slippery car there for sure. A nice post by Formula One just now. The Honey Badger is back, baby. Showing uh, multiple photos of 
fist pumps from Daniel Ricardo, and it's exploding on uh, social media, as you might expect. Um, but let's see. What else? Um, uh, Bob, uh, Bob Varsha, what about um, – what about the impact of this crash on the guys, the rest of the season, the championship, everything else? Because obviously it's it's big in the points. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's interesting. It's going to depend entirely, I think, on the personalities of the two combatants involved. You know, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton. Max is, you know, in his first world championship lead in terms of points. Lewis has been there so many times before. He knows how to protect that lead. Right now he's out of that lead, so he's got to find a way to to get it back. Um, But Max has never had to protect a lead before. He's just been flat out everywhere all the time. Pass everybody you can. Hopefully you win the race. Um, You know, there's, there's nuances, I'm sure Dave knows very well, to, to leading a championship and, and knowing when discretion is the better part of valor. Take what the race will give you and, and move on to the next one. You know, that's not Max's style. And it may be something he has to learn to become a, a complete champion or a champion at all. Uh, but time will tell on that. Lewis is there. He knows how it's done. Mercedes knows how it's done. So you have that interesting juxtaposition of the, uh, the old lion and the new lion um, duking it out in, in pretty much equal cars at this point, which is the way you want it. You know, you, you mentioned something there, and it just kind of you know, sparked a few thoughts with me. So Russell coming to Mercedes, you know, is clearly going to be treated as driver number two. But, you know, as you stated, there's a lot of skill with Russell coming in, and he's just as fast as Hamilton is a lot of times. Is he going to show the immaturity mm-hmm. that we saw with Max pairing up with with a, you know, known leader? And do you think he's going to spar with Lewis on the track? Uh, to the point of getting told, you know, stand, stay behind well, him? To, to the extent that the team will let him, and I'm sure the team will say if Russell's quicker, Lewis, let Russell by. I mean, this is – I don't know what their, their contracts say. I don't think Russell would have gone there if he was locked into a number two position. Uh, I'm sure there's some very creative wording there going <laughs> on, as there is with, um, with uh, Alex Albon, who's going to – a Mercedes-powered team from a, a Red right. Bull background. And, and we heard that Christian Horner say, well, he's, he's completely released from his responsibilities to us in terms of the intellectual property of the Mercedes engine versus uh, what will be a Red Bull engine uh, when Honda pulls out at the end of the year. Um, but Christian Horner said there are options down the road. So, you know, it's, it's very cryptic language. Um, in the end... Uh, and my old colleague Steve Matchett would back me up about this. I'm sure Dave will as well. You know, it's all about the team, the Constructors' Championship. You know, the drivers are glamorous, make a lot of money, travel the world, have lots of girlfriends, what have you. But the money is paid based on Constructors' points, and it is a great deal of money uh, that can make life a lot easier and provide lots more opportunities for these teams to explore technical innovations. So when it comes right down to it, the Christian Horners, the Toto Wolfs, and so on up and down the pit line are going to, you know, they're going to drop the hammer when they need to, to keep their drivers apart, keep them as competitive as possible, but keep them from hurting the team by, you know, contact and doing silly things on the racetrack, whether it's with a teammate or someone else. Hey, Dave O'Neill, I want to ask you this. So do you, uh, my question to you is, do you think Lando, to me, Lando sounded sincere and in, in not only that congratulating Ricardo, but he sounded sincere when he was asking is this best for us on the radio? Do you think he's built a little equity with Daniel Ricardo by having that attitude? If down the road the radio transmission comes to Ricardo, let Lando pass. Yes, interesting. Um, I, I think so. I think uh, Lando's a team player. Um, if you listen to the interview afterwards, he said, "You look, I'm I'm in this for the long the long term." Um, and um, to be in for the long term, you have to be a team player. Um, and when you, you know, when you have to do the business, you need to you need to do it. And also, um, it was quite interesting during the race. Um, Lando re- reported back to the the pit wall and asked uh, Daniel to go a little bit quicker because 
uh, Perez was breathing down his neck and Daniel did that. And of course, he got the fastest lap at the end as well. But um, it's a nice little team. Um, there's some good energy there. Um, both of them, of course, want to win for sure. Um, but there's a time and a place. And, and like Bob said, it's all about, you know, championship points. Um, it, you know, that's what they want. They want championship points. They actually need money as well. Um, so they, you know, towards the end of the year, the millions that, that, that they gained for that, of that result that they got today is going to be huge. Long term, it's great. The building, you know, they're, they're still in the building phases. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what they will be told, you know, before the start of the race. Make sure you don't bang into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a, this is all about the championship. And they're doing a fantastic job on the P3 at the minute, I think. Uh, that is awesome. I, I love all the complexity of it. But you know what? I want to hear from Half Glass Paul. <laughs> Are you out there, buddy? Paul Bryan. <laughs> Don't call him that. I said that. <laughs> no, no, no. I know he likes it. I know he, likes, having it. Fun I know. I know he likes it. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get another break in. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion on the Formula One and more. Listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after a quick break. I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, guys. This is Pierre Gasly, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. Pierre Gasly, not had, not coming off a great day, but yeah, what do you got, Les? Oh, I'm just laughing because it, okay, audience, y'all just missed out on a fun conversation. Can we do like an in the studio guest audience sometime? Well, that's because Bob's so sitting in breaks. this iconic place in this dignified setting, and he's telling us stories during the break. They're not so that. dignified. <laughs> I missed the end of it because the music coming back. Something about racers on scooters in town and what they do with oil. Uh, okay. Hey, guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, All Stop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why? What makes it so special? The water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Allstart beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. 
Yeah. And the, uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So, so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in, uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Uh, hey, guys, I saw a really nice tweet. Uh, Max Verstappen congratulating the McLaren drivers, both Ricardo and Norris. So, Les, there's, there's maybe some of that maturity you were talking about. There you go. But, uh, what, were you going to say something, Bob? No, I was just thinking, uh, Max was probably thinking, hey, anybody but Lewis. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to admit, some some of the rest of us were but, thinking, I mean, thinking that too. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, racing drivers are human beings. Uh, you know, they're the same everywhere. Uh, there, there are hot-headed moments where maybe they say or do something they wish they hadn't. But, you know, it, sooner or later, they get it all worked out because they have to live together. They have to trust each other on the racetrack. And, um, you know, so it's important that you can put things behind you and move on. And I'm sure after all the problems Lewis had at Zenvert while Max was romping to, to a, a hugely popular victory, you know, now the shoe's on the other foot. Both men were sitting by the side of the road. While McLaren, who haven't won in almost a decade, came through with a 1-2 finish. Alpine had two cars in the points. Ferrari had two cars in the points. As we say every week, it seems, um, you know, there's, there's disappointment and heartbreak for some, but there's a lot of good takeaways from every Formula One Grand Prix. Well, there was plenty to get excited about today, so no problem there. Hey, Les, I wanted to add, you have a couple stories in there, and we mentioned this on the pre-show, but it's worth mentioning it again about, like, the Schumacher Netflix series and others. Oh, yeah. So this has been in development. And, you know, when uh, Michael first had his accident, uh, we were, because of our distribution around the Formula One business, uh, we received a message asking us not to comment on anything except from official state, you know, official, you know, family outlets kind of thing. And so... We've obliged, obviously. We want to respect everything they do. But what makes this exciting is it's a documentary about Michael Schumacher, and it includes uh, later content from mm. his wife and uh, from the two kids as well. It comes out on Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, you folks leave me one spot to log in on Netflix and, and <laughs> watch it because I know this is going to be an extremely popular uh, video to see because of that later content, if nothing else. It's and funny. So I'm I, really excited for it. I saw the, some of the clips from his wife talking about Michael himself, and it was the first time I'd heard anything from the family at all. And she was saying something like, he's there, he's just not the same. Right. Go ahead, Bob. Well, I, I, I had the same reaction to those comments from Corinna Schumacher. Uh, it almost made it sound like, yes, Michael's here, as though they are communicating with him. Uh, maybe not entirely. Maybe he's not verbalizing the thoughts, but perhaps he's recognizing people. Perhaps he's awake. And I'm not trying to spread false uh, hope here, but uh, it did sound like a fairly positive uh, comment from Corinna, which I, I thought was interesting. And without changing the subject, but going to Netflix, I'd have to say Daniel Ricardo has been one of the stars of the early seasons yeah. of the Drive to Survive show. What do you suppose Netflix is going to do with Ricardo coming through to win this race? Oh. There may be some amazing party footage uh, when they recap this season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the Shoey will be the, the trailer poster for that episode, but. But you're right, Bob. So many people that I know that are new fans, and this is going to be a nice segue, by the way, new fans to the sport in the United States particularly, uh, and look, just anecdotally, people that I run into, they all know Daniel Ricardo. They're all excited for, for him to do well. So this will be big. Absolutely. He is uh, just a captivating character himself. And this will, especially in the Netflix next year's season, is really going to collect him even more fans yeah well i and said if you watch the show you know that daniel has kind of a colorful way of expressing himself which is why he went into his winter interview and said is it okay if i curse <laughs> yeah <laughs> because he does. yes because he does curse uh, early and often uh that segue i was talking about was just talking about there's been so much discussion about the the growth of the sport in the united states 
We've seen it. We've we saw it starting last year. In fact, I we had a bunch of people calling the show last year and a bunch this year saying that they had become fans of the sport because of the Netflix series. And I was just telling someone I I sent uh, I sent an email to Chase Carey last year and said, "Hey, here's some clips from some of our uh, callers to the show from all over the country." And a hand, just anecdotally, a handful saying they had they had uh, grown to the sport because of Netflix. And his response was one line. He said, "We're seeing this something similar here." So a little bit of confirmation that yeah. F one is because you know, we haven't heard a lot of that. But that's I mean that that was straight from the CEO's mouth last year. So, but but my point of all this is that that we have seen some huge growth. We've got the USGP coming up here in just over a month. And obviously that's, we've talked about in the prior shows, but looks like we're all speed, you know, all systems go full speed ahead for the United States Grand Prix right here in Austin. And looks like Circuit of the Americas is going to be, you know, situated and ready with whatever that means with COVID. And we've had lots of uh, discussion here in Austin locally. We had interviewed the mayor and we talked about what they're going to do. And we've got the big giant ACL fest that's coming up ahead of that. So we are full speed ahead. And if you are planning to come to Austin, looks like um, we should not have any problems with getting that done. So I'm excited for that. Hope everybody else is, but, uh, but Les, you had a couple other most other stories in this, in the dock here talking about speaking of American formula one races about Miami, Miami, Miami is uh, building up and doing really well. A lot of activity going on. want to highlight someone that uh, comes from the Formula One world, and that's Richard Cregan. Yeah. Uh, has a long history around Formula One, and Miami was smart, and they snatched this guy up. He is functioning as the CEO for him. And so there's a lot of things that comes back. I mean, he's been with Formula One, Le Mans, World Rally Cross, or World Rally Championship, uh, a lot of that. He's also been a big part of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix as well. And so, and in fact, he helped with the Sochi site. And so Miami has hit it out of the park just in stacking the deck, getting this guy to sign on. Hey, Dave O'Neill, do you know Robert Cregan? Yep. Yeah, he's, um, uh, I know what well, his son, uh, Richard, yeah, um, his son's uh, in racing as well. Um, but yeah, he, he, you know, the best circuit in, in my opinion in the world, um, or facility wise is Abu Dhabi. Um, fantastic place. And he, him and his team put that together and then they went on to do Sochi. And um, I have no doubt that uh, Miami is going to be uh, fantastic as well. Um, I spoke to a couple of the guys there and, you know, they, they they've, he's taken on, quite a few of the crew from the other two events he put together, which they've been working from the UK um, over Zoom, um, you know, putting the putting the place together. So um, he, I think he he came over six, eight weeks ago um, and um, they're trying to get the other guys over, but um, it's, it's going to be good. Um, and I think it's in the right spot as well for it to succeed. You know, it's actually quite the contrast from, 2012 at Coda because Coda brought in all the team that some fantastic people and they came from the horse racing world, but they did not know formula one, most of the team. And obviously they did a great job and got it, got it pulled off and made it happen. But this is pretty exciting to see that they, they've got this type of formula one experience coming into Miami. I'm excited about that. Absolutely. Miami's going to be great. And uh, watch for some changes to Abu Dhabi. Speaking of, uh, Abu Dhabi's going through some very significant changes. Uh, some of them, they're eliminating the chicane uh, and widening the hairpin at turn seven. So that's going to speed up matters. Uh, one of the more excitable things to me after seeing Zanfort is they're, they're basically changing the turns of 11, 12, 13, and 14 and replacing it by one long banked curve. Wow. You know, that's going to be fun. Uh, hmm. Open up the radius of a few others, but it really is just something that uh, is changing things. I'm glad to see us get back, see the cars back on banked curbs again. I don't think we'll, uh, I don't think we'll see them on Monza's banked curve like that, but wouldn't that be cool? Hmm. 
Hey, Bob Barsha, I want to ask you about going back to Miami. Um, what are you excited about for this race here in Miami? Well, uh, you know, Miami is, um, has been in and out of the racing scene a number of times over the years, particularly with IndyCar. It's a fabulous city. It's a great international crossroads, which I think is particularly important in terms of a Formula One contest because people from all over the world live there and know Miami and can come there and be comfortable. Um, so I think it has tremendous potential, and I think everybody's known that for a long time. It's sad that we don't have a, you know, a really solid permanent circuit there that we could come to year after year, build some history, build some, uh, some, some equity with the fans. Um, but I think it's a, it's a perfect location if the proper circuit can be there for Formula One to be everything it can be and put on a great show, uh, uh, hugely in favor of it. As is, I'm sure, one Emerson Fittipaldi, who we saw <laughs> at the racetrack in Monza today and lives down in that area, and Elio Castroneves, and you know all, the, all the, the people who come from other parts of the world, particularly Central and South America, to live in the, in the Miami-Dade County area. Yeah, and also a good, nice, quick destination for European travelers, too. Oh, so. it is. Sure. <laughs> I was uh... assuming they can get in. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true, yeah. Very much so. You know, the first iteration of the design involved the uh, Miami waterfront, and I was just thinking, I just had this imagination of a, kind of a Monaco-esque, you know, yeah. image there. Bite your tongue, Bob, about if you can't, if they can get in. Hopefully next year we can stop talking about all of this. We were supposed to stop talking about it by now. All right, speaking of stopping talking, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll do a little preview of next week as well. You listen to Speed City, live from Austin, back after these messages. USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiasts looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the trip, and the new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Talk 1370. Hey, this is Tony Stewart. You're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about the next Formula One race. We've done, what, a triple hitter back to back to back. We get a week off. We have the Russian Grand Prix in two weeks. And let's start with you, Dave O'Neill. What do you think of when you think of the Russian Grand Prix at Sochi? Well, um, quite an interesting facility. Um, I mean, it was used for the um, the winter, winter Olympics. So there's, um, you know, the hotels are very close to the circuit within walking distance. Um, circuit is pretty flat. Um, get a reasonable amount of people there. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's bright by the sea, um, and it's uh, it's a short hop for the European guys. You know, it's a four-hour flight, I think, from memory. Um, and then that's it. Not much going on there if you want fun. So um, <laughs> pretty, pretty pretty average uh, Grand Prix, but um, yeah, the track's nice, uh, well maintained, and um, decent decent facility itself. 
Well, we have a caller on the line. We ha- we actually we got a couple callers. Let's start. Uh oh, the phone's still good. Yeah, let's take Ray. Ray is driving in the car. He's on the way to Katy, Texas. Ray, I have a very difficult question that you have to answer. Okay. What are you driving? A Nissan Murano. Ah, okay. There you I, go. I say ah because I just bought my daughter one of those. It was kind of, yep. I was off my radar a little bit, but we found a good deal on a Nissan Murano and bought one for my daughter. Yep. Is that uh, the uh, CVT transmission? It is the CVT. And you know what? I was driving this CVT last night, and I said, you know what? I don't hate this. For light, yep. for light driving, it's fine. For aggressive driving, I haven't really done a lot of that yet. But, yeah. uh, well, Ray, are you a big, you must be a huge Formula One fan because the race has been over for an hour. We've been blabbing on yeah. for more than an hour and you're still listening. Right. Yep. Yep. I, I am. I, I, this week I bought an orange shirt and via, uh, Amazon, I got some orange smoke on the way. All right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How long have you been a Formula One fan? Actually, I'm a newbie. About two years. I really got into it last year with, you know, with with uh, COVID and everything and being shut in. A buddy of mine explained it to me, and then he said, "Go to YouTube," and it was amazing watching all the videos about just the steering wheel, right? Yeah. Uh, all the, te- the technology and the hybrid. I, I wasn't aware. Uh, I was aware of the, you know, the older stuff, you know, the Jackie Stewart and all that, but I just wasn't aware of the technology and how everything is. It's so cool. It's really a cool sport. Well, do you follow other motorsports? Um, I, a little bit. I, I follow NASCAR, uh, you know, uh, uh, but really it's it's F1, and my wife is into it too. Uh, we got it recorded, you know. It, nice. We record each one, watch all the uh, qualifying and, and the practice sessions, and, yeah, we love it. Well, that and, is... And my, my, my wife is a fan, and I, I'm a Red Bull fan, so, you know, a house divided. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh, there you go. You better ordered some silver <laughs> stuff for her. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ray, thanks for yeah. listening, and uh, hang on the line, and the producer will get your info. All right. All right, we're going to go to the next caller, and you know what? We haven't given away tickets in a few weeks. We're going to give away another pair to the next caller but I guess uh, that's weird. He's also in Katie. He's waiting on Ray to arrive. Jed, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate Wait it. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Is there something fishy going on here with between you and say, Ray? What's he driving? How did he get there first? <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing great. How are you, Jed? Fantastic. What an awesome race. Yeah, it was amazing, right? Absolutely. I'm so happy for Ricardo and also Norris. And uh, that was a pretty amazing uh, crash between, um, you know, Red Bull and Mercedes. But, you know, it kind of made it a little, little bit more interesting. Yeah. And it looked like everybody came out safely. I never heard anything. I haven't seen anything about Lewis Hamilton having any problems, which is astounding <laughs> considering you saw his helmet get pushed down by the tire, it looked like to me. But, well, how, oh, yeah. how long have you been a fan, Jed? A long time. Um, absolutely love Formula One. I look forward to it every single weekend. Uh, of course, I record it, uh, and I'll probably watch it. You know, watch it again. Um, but I also love watching your show. Try to try to watch as often as I can, and I love watching you guys. I really appreciate all your insight. Oh, well, great. Well, thank you. How'd you find us, by the way? Um, it just popped up on my uh, Facebook um, oh. as a suggestion a while ago. Good job, and, uh, Of course, I follow you now. On Facebook and YouTube. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks. That's, that's, <laughs> there you go. There you ding, go. ding. Oh, that's great. I'm, well, I know you... him pretty well as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, Jed, have you, been, all credibility, have you been Dakota? Have you been to Circuit of the Americas? I have, yes. I've been there a number of times. I consider it my home track. And uh, I race out there from time to time. Oh, awesome. Well, Jed, hang on the line. Thanks for calling. Hang on the line, and we'll get your info, and we'll get you those tickets. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. You bet. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to hear fans. And, and he's talking about watching us because we do. If you're listening, we also put our shows out on YouTube, Facebook, and, and Twitter. Uh, we have about four minutes left in the show, and we talked about Sochi. Let's go back to you, Bob. What do you think of when you think of the next race, uh, the Russian Grand Prix at Sochi? Well, um, as Dave pointed out, it's laid out on the uh, on the grounds of the uh, Winter Olympics a few Olympiads ago, 
Um, so it's kind of fresh and new and, and spectacular to look at. The track itself has been described as lacking soul or personality, and, and that may be true. Uh, a lot of that, I think, because it is flat. But it's also been a very strong track for Valtteri Botas, who has won there before. Um, so I think it's going to present an interesting challenge. There's a lot of long, fast, blind corners, um, and it will be an interesting race. Uh, the one after that is Turkey, which is a track I personally much prefer. Uh, and then after that is Coda, which is everybody's favorite, right? Um, but Sochi um, will be you know, an interesting race simply because of where it is and what it is. Yep. I remember uh, Lee Diffie coming on. Uh, right after that race and telling us how like Coda was the first year, they were still constructing things, you know, when he arrived, uh, what, 14, 15, somewhere back in there when they, when, uh, he was covering it, he got to see it ahead of time, uh, because of the Olympics that he was supporting, but, uh, that it was still being constructed the Thursday of we, the race weekend. <laughs> we have those same stories last. Don't yeah, you remember? It exactly. Was November of 2012. We were, out at Coda all weekend and all week leading up to it. And I remember the night before the race, I was last one out of the parking lot, and there were guys painting <laughs> out in the parking lot, painting stripes, painting the, I don't remember what. They were but, hanging signs up, too, the yeah, parking aisle signs. They were literally still painting the night before the Grand Prix. I mean, qualifying had already happened. They were still doing, still doing stuff. But, hey, let's look at the rest of the season real quick. Bob brought up that point with Turkey after Russia, then Dakota, then Mexico on uh, November 7th, then Brazil, November 14th. And they still show November 21st as TBC, then Saudi Arabia, and then Abu Dhabi to wrap up the end of the season. So, I mean, if we continue... Oh, all right, you two guys, Bob and, and Dave, with all the histor history you guys have seen in Formula One, if we continue and just have... Uh, well, let's say we hold par and the race is are no better, no worse than average, let's say. Where would you rank this season? Because it's been amazing. Let's start with you, Bob. I think absolutely. Uh, given the dominance of uh, Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton over the last six, seven, eight years, um, you know, it, it, it's been somewhat predictable. This year, much less predictable. Uh, Red Bull has come to the fore. I don't know how they're doing it. That'll be one of the great stories of this season down the road. Um, but just that general coming together of the pack for years and years and years now, Formula One has been trying to find a way to bring the cars together, you know, make the gaps smaller, more, more close racing. And this year, I think we're seeing the fruits of that in a, in a very, very dramatic way. I mean, Red Bull is right there. We've talked about the McLaren Ferrari battle behind them back to uh, Alpine and uh, Aston Martin and so on. Um, except for our friends at Haas, who seem to bring up the rear every race, you don't know quite what your starting grid is going to be, much less who's going to be on the podium at the end of the day. So I'd yep. say this has been a spectacular season. Well, Dave, I'm sorry. We're out of time. We're going to have save that question for you for next time. I definitely want to get your take on it. Thanks, Bob Varsha. Thanks, Dave O'Neill, Les Kaiser. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to our callers. And we'll look, look forward to talking to you next Sunday night. Ciao, y'all. audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Donchich. the step back three you bet. music you set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's better over here.
After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.